0: Hi again, I'm Melanie Hirshhorn, the digital content creator and marketing strategist and coach for women business owners. And welcome back to another episode of VIP Access. VIP stands for visibility, impact, profit. And this podcast will get you inspired and fired up about content creation and marketing yourself and your brand. Each week, you'll get marketing and mindset strategies, actionable tips, and the motivation you need to land more clients, nurture your leads, and position yourself as an expert in your industry. We also go behind the scenes with powerful women in business to discuss strategies, messaging, and more. My mission is to empower you to stop spinning your wheels and to make your mark with your marketing. Ready to wow your ideal client and create a community of raving fans? Let's dive into today's episode. And welcome back to VIP Access. I'm Melanie Hershorn. Today, my guest is somebody that I have been fangirling over for a while, and I am so excited to welcome her here. Laura Meyer is an expert of experts, helping thought leaders, influencers, and mission-driven entrepreneurs create profit growth, effective marketing, and brand strategy from their zones of genius. This girl is speaking my language. As a serial entrepreneur who spent 15 years scaling multiple six- and seven-figure online and offline companies, she found herself at a total loss and having to start over again just two years ago, relying on her own expertise. From there, she quickly grew a consultancy, helping high-impact women create brands that make a difference in the world. So Laura, thank you so much for joining today. I am so excited for you to be here.
1: Oh, thank you. It's really sweet. And I, re- I appreciate it so, so much. And when you've been through so many ups and downs in entrepreneurship, it's definitely, you, you never can hear enough compliments. So I really appreciate that because you have, you know, the tough moments that are part of your history, right? And then you also have all the successes and it's just, it's nice to, to be able to connect with you and it's nice to be able to share.
0: Thank you. So let's talk about some of those successes. I mean, you were building and building and building and then bad stuff, but then good stuff again, which is typical, right? For an entrepreneur.
1: Yeah, it's the entrepreneurial way, right? So I, in the first 10 years of my career, I grew a million dollar photography business with multiple locations and About 20 employees. And I was definitely considered one of the top wedding photographers in the Philadelphia area, if not in the Northeast. And then I franchised it and franchising didn't work out so great. I grew it to about 12 locations and then just decided franchising was not for me. The units, quite honestly, weren't performing as well as my original company owned locations. And the industry was changing so fast that I just decided that it was going, I was going to cut my losses and start over again. And that was a really difficult decision. And that happened a few years ago. And since then, I found myself in consulting, as many people do, I think, when they're in transition, but then falling in love with consulting. And now I I have a small boutique consultancy where I have multiple junior consultants within my company. And then I'm also in the process of starting a membership site with Kelly Roach as a business partner. So a lot of really fun things going on. And I think that for me, what we're going to talk about today, which is having a mission-driven brand, has been very much the at all of my success stories because it was very much part of my original inception of any company is to start with the why. It came very natural to me and it was very intuitive to begin in that place. And that was part of what made it successful.
0: So what was your why back in the days of photography? What made wedding photography really speak to you? Yeah. So
1: being able to be that close and intimate at somebody's most important moments was an incredible driver for me. I still have strong relationships with people whose weddings I photographed 10, 15 years ago. I have celebrity relationships where I know things about those celebrities that no one else knows because of the closeness. And that is, intimacy actually is also what I love about consulting right now. It is such a privilege and an honor to hold space for somebody who is vulnerable or they have privacy or there's anything about that. For me, that is a total honor and it's a joy that I do both in my consulting work today that I and that I did then. And then as I was scaling the company, we always stood for families and specifically mothers extremely strong core values and a mission around helping parents and mothers remember the things that sometimes as parents, we forget that we are going to not remember. And so that was a huge part of the mission. And with the partnership that I'm starting with Kelly, the first thing I did after I pitched the idea to her, to which she graciously said, I love it, let's do it, is I went to her with a mission statement. I went to her with a why, and I said, are we aligned on this? And she said, yes. And she gave some input and gave me some ideas of direction. And then I know as her business partner that any decision that I make that's based on that foundational why, she will be in alignment with.
0: What would you say to a business owner who may be starting out and they haven't figured out what their mission is yet?
1: I would say that a mission is not uh, created. It's discovered. It's something that you already have in you. It's something that you already love. It's kind of like when we think about Michelangelo, when he would create those sculptures and he would be quote, I'll misquote him because I don't have a quote in front of me.
0: <laughs> and you don't speak I, Italian either. Right? And I
1: don't speak Italian, although I am Italian. I don't speak Italian. I probably should. My, if you ask my mother, she would say I should. That he would carve into the marble and that the sculpture was already in the marble, but that it would appear and he was just unearthing it, something that already existed. That was his artistic philosophy. And that's very much what I think of when we think about our why and our mission. It's something that's core to who we are. We don't create it outside of ourselves, but somebody who's a great brand strategist pulls it out and becomes a great mirror for creating an external facing package of it.
0: And so as a brand strategist, as a consultant, what would you say are the top three things that you find missing when you start working with your clients?
1: Many of them need brand strategy work, but it's typically not where we start. The reason why they hire me is because they want to make more money and have more joy and less stress. So, a lot of times I start out with direct response consulting because it's the easiest way for me to earn my keep and build trust. So, get them a big win, help them with a problem that they haven't been able to figure out, or put a bunch of money in their pocket with a direct response marketing strategy. And then often then I say, and you know what actually would work even more is if you had your customer journey mapped out, or if you were more clear and consistent with your mission and your values, or your messaging's kind of all over the place. If if you had a simpler, clearer value proposition, I would say that most entrepreneurs vastly underestimate what makes them different in the marketplace and why someone would buy from them. And if they could just highlight those differentiation factors, which in the brand strategy, we call value proposition or differentiation statement. If they could just get that one thing right, then they would find they'd close more sales. Their landing pages would convert better. Many of them just don't necessarily know or haven't thought of it in a long time, like, why are people buying from me? And that comes back down to brand strategy.
0: Okay. That's great. So let's talk about that. You know, It is hard to figure out how you're different from other people when you see so many people online doing similar things to you. And I know I struggled with that, but the only thing that I kept coming back to is that I have my own unique experience in life and nobody else has that is that something that you help people sort of figure out they you know you sit them down and you go okay so tell me about you
1: <laughs> yeah that's so fun that you asked that cuz just today actually this morning i was designing all of the core content for the business partnership that i have with kelly called the advance and one of the worksheets is your unfair advantage worksheet and it's pulling people through what are all the different things that you bring to the table that we could highlight as your points of differentiation. And for many of us, it's just running down a list of characteristics we've forgotten about. Where are we uniquely credible? Where do we have a uh, maybe a certification that we forgot about? What about our work experience or our personal experience? Is there a niche that makes us different? So for example, for me, a big part of my point of differentiation is a niche. And many people are afraid to niche. And I say no a lot to people because they're not in my niche and I won't work with a client under seven figures. And I get asked all the time and I just say no. But for every no, I get three people who are excited to work with me because I niche in the seven figure space. I niche in the time in which a female expert thought leader influencer is scaling from seven to eight figures. That's my niche. And I help them in as a fractional chief marketing officer. So- when I say that, women who are in that, you know, just crossed over the million mark are like, oh my gosh, what do you do? And so, again, for every six figure client that I say, you know what, call me, you're not ready, call me when you're ready, more seven figure clients book. And it, it ends up like, so niching can be a great point of differentiation. And so, a signature process, a proprietary process, which is something I want to talk a lot about in the advance is a way of differentiation. So, for example, Kelly, who we have in common, um, Kelly Roach, is has her signature live launch formula, and I'm sh- quite positive that will not be her last trademarked process. I'm quite positive that she will make more over time because she's an inventor like that. But I think that you know many of us have a process that we probably follow that we just we don't realize it. And that can be a point of differentiation. So there's lots of ways that we can differentiate ourselves. And I think for many of us, especially consultants or solopreneurs, tend to under communicate it because we forget.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we're too close to the situation, right? It's really hard to look at yourself and be objective because we're so many of us are doing all the things and it's hard to stop and go, oh, well, this is something that other people don't do necessarily. But I love how you talked about proprietary methods and this stuff is gold guys. So this is awesome. So when you are niching down, right? You said, these are the people I work with. And so many entrepreneurs are afraid. They're afraid to turn somebody away because that could be money. Right. So what do you say to them when you explain the importance of actually really having a niche and sticking to it?
1: Yeah, I would say that I, I hear that a lot. And my experience is the opposite, but I know that can be difficult to like actually understand that when you haven't had that experience. So I think that what I would say is that even when you niche, There's more people who need your help than you could help. So you need to really think about it from an abundance mindset. Like I know there are more seven figure female online service-based entrepreneurs out there that need my help than I could actually help. So even when you get as specific as that, you're still not going to be able to help all them. Like There's still so many people that need help from somebody like you or somebody like me and what happens is you end up being like a light beam you know when we think about a lighthouse and you're trying to figure out how to sh- where to shine the light so that you guide the path what happens is when you niche people see your light coming out from the light post and they're like oh my gosh where have you been all my life and when you get that type of response which happens to me quite a bit and i had to niche it took me a little while to niche i can i can talk about that really quick too it took me a while to figure out that niche But once I did, I hear that a lot. And that's when you know you have it right.
0: So what did really help you get down and really in the nitty gritty of figuring out who you wanted to work with? Being okay with doing it, right? Because there's that mindset shift too. Yeah. And I don't think you're going to be able to get it right out of
1: the gate. You know, if you're in transition or if you're in the process of trying to figure it out. So at first, when I closed my franchise business, I started working in private equity. I was consulting to private equity in the franchise space because that's where I had connections. I was friends with other CEOs that had equity investment from a similar firm who tended to specialize in female-focused service-based franchises. So I ended up coming in and, and consulting with them on marketing strategy. And what I realized is that I loved the work, but I didn't love the client. I did love that particular client, but I I didn't want to make a career in private equity. I knew that. I found that out. It was too political and it was was sort of transactional. And I knew that, you know, eventually they were going to outgrow me and bring in a CMO. And I just, it wasn't necessarily where I wanted to stay, but I really liked the work. So then what happened is that I ended up niching into seven figure female business owners and service-based businesses because I knew that niche. And then when COVID hit, I thought, well... Time to go online. So I started saying, well, I'm, I, all my brick and mortar disappeared almost overnight. And then I doubled down on online businesses and that's when I forexed my business. So what I couldn't have figured that out any other way. I needed to serve a variety of different types of people. And it's really a matter of what is it that you love to do? right? Who is it that needs your help the most? And then do they have the money to pay you? And it's figuring that out, like figuring out that product market fit, not only for you, but for them on that puzzle, bringing the puzzle together on the people that you love to help and the work that you love to do. And making sure that there are companies and people that want to actually pay you for that is a little bit of the thing that takes just time to figure out.
0: Absolutely. But that last part is also very important. So let's talk about the legacy situation because so often we get into business as entrepreneurs and we're like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this, but we don't think past this week. Maybe, maybe if we're lucky, we're thinking next year, but we're not thinking about building a legacy. And I know that that's something on your mind. And I'd love to talk about that. Yeah. How do you, you know shift into thinking okay i'm thinking really long term
1: you know it's really funny when i was growing my franchise i was like we are going to grow it to 100 units then i'm going to transact it and i'll stay on as the founder and i'll stay the visionary and we'll hire a ceo and i had this whole exit strategy and when i exited in a way i wasn't expecting it made me really realize that your legacy is the who you are and how you show up regardless of the business that you're running Because everything has a beginning and an end and everything is finite. And when we can bring who we are to the next thing and leave behind really good relationships, that to me is a life well lived as an entrepreneur. And if we can, you know, for example, the business I'm growing right now is a cash business. I'm probably never going to transact it, not necessarily interested in it. I am interested in getting it to run without me to the best of my ability so that I can empower other consultants and also have a lifestyle that I love with my family. But some businesses are just that. They're cash businesses. And that's a great thing. Not every business needs to be sold. But what is the most important part, I think, is who we get to become as people, as individuals, as as managers, as leaders in that process, and who we get to develop in our wake. (laughs) both the impact we get to have on our customers, as well as the, the way in which we get to develop our team members. And it becomes this just incredible opportunity of personal development that I don't think you can get any other way.
0: No, absolutely. So for our listeners, you have a way for them to figure out where they're going to get their next million. And I'd love for you to tell us about that.
1: Yes, for beginning entrepreneurs, this may not be a fit. This you you might be able to listen to it, but uh, and, and get some great tips. But this is really for a scaling entrepreneur. So maybe somebody who's in the upper you know, multiple six figures or crossing into seven. And I have a free guide called Your Next Million. So you can go to your next and it's probably not some new idea. It's probably not some shiny penny. It's probably hanging out right underneath your nose. Your next million. Once you get to a certain point of momentum. So that's what I have found in the most common places where I find your next million is revealed in that video series. So you can go to your next million.me and find out more.
0: Amazing. Okay. So where can our listeners find you online? Where's the place you tend to hang out most? Yeah. So they can go
1: to Instagram, which is Laura E. Meyer. That's where you're going to find more of my personal And then I've been hanging out on Clubhouse. You can find me on Clubhouse there recently. I get pulled into some really cool rooms by my friends and have fun conversations like this. So that is where I've been lately.
0: Amazing. Well, Laura, thank you so much for joining today. Yeah, thank you for having me.
1: I really appreciate it, Melanie.
0: You've written a book, now what? If you're ready to implement a simple content marketing strategy to create buzz around your book and your brand, Schedule your free sparkles and strategy call with me, Melanie Hirshhorn, at contentstrategycall.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of VIP Access. We can't let the fun end here. To find out how engaging your content is, take the content quiz at mycontentquiz.com. Plus, you're invited to join our private Facebook group at vipdigital.live slash community where you'll get live trainings and other great tips all about digital marketing. And if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, head over to iTunes and leave me a rating and review. This tells iTunes that you found the show helpful and they'll share it with more women business owners just like you. Thank you so much for listening.